Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger podcast. I am Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon on this Monday, coming off a big LSU Junior Day. Also, Rankings Day. Fresh on 300 in 2024, but we're going to jump into the reaction from Junior Day. And this was one that, look, sandwiched between kind of a good run of Junior Days and the spring game, Shay, this was one that quietly got some of their top targets on campus. Not a huge group by any means, but one where, let's lead off in Louisiana. You got two of the top prospects in Louisiana, two on 300 prospects in Denim Springs safety Deshaun McBride and Manny linebacker Tylen Singleton. Let's lead off with Deshaun McBride. Uh, I think he's somebody that LSU has done a really nice job recruiting since dishing out that offer earlier this spring. And he told, told me he's closing in on a decision. LSU looks like they're in good shape for this one. Yes. Well, let me first start off by saying this. Does everything get to be called junior day now? And it's it's not just juniors there, but do you remember like it wasn't, it felt like maybe just two years ago. I don't know it, but before that junior day was just like one day a year or like maybe two. Now every weekend is junior day. Now it's just a recruiting weekend, but the junior day tag to it has a little bit more oomph. I think uh, that keeps people coming back for more. Maybe it's like when, yeah, when they changed the name of summer camp to elite camp. Yeah. (laughs) Well, LSU, the way they do it, usually is elite. So that was a long time coming. All right. Um, Yes, we're going to talk about Deshaun McBride actually a few times in this podcast. I get the feeling because he's on. I did the rundown as usual, Billy. And if we stick to it, uh, we both will be mentioning his name a couple of times. This was a guy we both said they did not need to wait until summer camp to evaluate an offer. And here's why. You just see he's. Jumping into the on three rankings, we'll talk about that in a bit, but he previ- previously was not in the top 300. This is a top 15, 20 safety in the country. What is he, 18 on the industry rankings. In Louisiana right now, a top five player in Louisiana. I'll get into this more in the podcast in a bit. Guys for me, like McBride and even Tylen Singleton to an extent, uh, the Manny linebacker, another big kind of in-state name they had in for, these guys are juniors actually, so they're... Um, disproving my point on everything being called junior day. But I feel like for me, Billy, when I look at this class as a whole, these guys are must gets and Joel Rogers and um, trade as green. And we can go into the list as we get into it in a bit of the higher ranked guys in the class, but they need, if they want a really good recruiting hall, better than average, better than good, they have to lock up Louisiana because right now that's their path to a, a firm top 10 class and just guys like Deshaun McBride who Billy, I don't know your opinion. Maybe you could put him on commitment watch at this point. If you don't offer him now and you slow play it, it ends up like Jordan Matthews last year coming out of Woodlawn where Tennessee or another school gives him all the love. You come in a little late, you try to play, Hey, we're evaluating you uh, so on and so forth. And ultimately 
you wish you would have taken him. You only signed one true cornerback, and he signs with Tennessee. You don't get yourself into that position. I love the offer to what that was only about a month ago. They offered to Sean McBride. So get him back to campus again. I like where it's trending. I believe on look at the on three RPM right there, Billy. Nearly a hundred percent to LSU. I would agree with that at this stage. Yeah, I think it's fair to put him on commit watch. Watch. I mean, you know, when he told me that a decision is coming soon, that tells me that it probably is coming soon. Now, he hasn't set any official visits yet, and that's worth noting as well because, you know, he's one of those guys that you and I have talked about on the pod. You look at those players who maybe haven't set those officials, that could be because they're nearing a decision, and maybe they aren't going to take really any official visits. They're going to take their uh, official visit to where they commit. You know, that doesn't just apply to Deshaun McBride. I think there's a chance we see him make his decision before the summer. Um, because when I asked him straight up, when would you like a decision? It He said soon. And to me, that doesn't necessarily mean taking it into June and taking those official visits and then making a decision in July. If he does, I still feel good about where LSU stands. Uh, they're battling Tennessee. They're battling Ole Miss. But I agree with you. You know, the this is a guy that has put down a respectable track time in the 100 meter. He's been productive on the field as a junior. So for them to offer him when they did, it was the right move. He's got that size to grow into a linebacker potentially, or he could stay at safety. So I like where LSU stands with Deshaun McBride and, you know, Brian Kelly, Kerry Cooks, Joe Sloan, uh, Jordan Arsma, best, a bunch of, you know, the staff has really done a nice job prioritizing him early. Six foot three, 200 is a big kid for a junior in high school playing defensive back. So college ready size type guy, like you said, can add more weight, will add more weight. But the more you look at Deshaun McBride, you mentioned the track stuff this spring, the more you have to like him. No brainer take for me. Yeah, absolutely. And and the same the same way I view Tylen Singleton, uh, you know, the Manny linebacker who jumped back in to the on 300. Now, granted, we've, we've had debate over this in terms of, you know, us probably liking him a little bit more than the rankings team did earlier this spring. They, you know, dove in a little bit deeper into him and liked him enough to move him back into that on 300. He was back on campus for the first time in a minute now. This could be a situation where now LSU gets him back on campus. He said he had a great time. That's big for him because programs like Arkansas, A&M, Tennessee, and others have hosted him. TCU have hosted him this spring. Now LSU finally got him back on campus. This is maybe their opportunity to make that move back up in his recruitment uh, and secure an official visit and then go from there. Yeah, I think that's still what it's going to take is a good official visit weekend with his family. Um, but they were in, I think they were in on Thursday even maybe, but Friday, um, Singleton and some of his family were there. I saw you shared some photos uh, hanging out with Matt House, Brian Kelly, and that's what you want. You got to keep him around campus. He had had a couple of visits scheduled and then rescheduled them. So as you noted, he finally makes it back to campus again. They need linebackers in this class. Um, he's one of the best, if not the best, Louisiana has to offer, kind of at the spot, obviously, at least in terms of the rankings right now. And they haven't hit on a Manny kid in a while. And this would be a nice one to, to reel into the class. I do feel like with a guy like this, and this happens often in Louisiana, you're recruiting against Arkansas and TCU. And while you may say, well, we're LSU, we should be able to easily beat them for a recruit especially in Louisiana, 
what TCU and Arkansas have pitched and then successfully come through with is those guys go there and they'll play for four years or three years. You know, like they'll get in early. They will be seeing early reps. Uh, we're seeing it right now. Jonathan Bax at TCU is running first team uh, in spring football, a guy we talked about a ton in last year's cycle coming out of New Orleans. So I still think our, I still think teams like that are a threat here. I'm not ready to say like, oh, he's no doubt going to end up at LSU, but I do agree that LSU is the team to beat. Yeah, he's one that we're going to have to continue to monitor. And look, I mean, you're battling years of LSU not really being able to secure a guy from Manny. They had A.J. Carter for a cup of coffee before he flipped back and, and went elsewhere. Myron Warren, they didn't end up offering. Uh, Tackett Curtis, they could never get that that footing with. So this is a big prospect to make a statement uh, as far as LSU in Manny um, because they do have a guy every now and again, it seems like now, especially relatively more consistent, I would say, than, than since I started covering the beat where they're a high-level FBS prospect that – when they're in your backyard, you want to land. I do think Matt House is very impressive when he gets in front of these kids. And I think that's something to at least hold on to if you're an LSU fan when you're following this recruitment. Even Tackett Curtis, who didn't end up giving LSU the, the time of day that they would have liked, Tackett Curtis did say, like, Matt House is impressive. You know, he was a guy that you know, recruited him hard um, until, you know, the writing was on the wall and, and he was going out of state. But you know, Matt House does a really nice job recruiting. He's kind of underrated. He does a good job of evaling prospects early. We saw that with Whit Weeks. We saw that uh, with them assessing Christian Brathwaite after his uh, toward, toward the end of his senior year. Now they're on Tylen Singleton early. They've had him on campus multiple times. This isn't going to be for lack of trying when it comes to Tylen Singleton. No, I don't think they'll be caught. I won't hit them this cycle at all. I don't ever feel with lack of trying in Louisiana because it's kind of guys who have, we've talked about Joel Rogers, Deshaun McBride, um, Aaron Burrell, the kicker. Like there were guys that they could have waited to offer and maybe still gotten and evaluated further, but they made the move to offer now. And I think they'll ultimately get them. And had they waited to offer and not gotten them, it would have stung. So I don't think I'll be at any point in this process uh, hitting LSU at the lack of effort in Louisiana uh, on getting in on guys and, and making their presence felt. Yeah. An another high school, you could kind of, uh, you know, chalk that one up in the same boat as the Duncanville high school uh, pipeline LSU was trying to establish. They have some of the best prospects in the country year in, year out. One of them who just made a move in the on 300 uh, is Caden Durham. Now a top 100 prospect, according to on three, he's been one of the top track athletes in the entire country. Uh, really, really productive for that state championship team last year. LSU had him on campus as well as two of his teammates over the weekend. He's somebody that if you're looking at this one, don't be surprised if LSU can land a commitment, but they're also battling Oklahoma, who's been recruiting him for a while as well. This was a good, another good step in the right direction for LSU in, in what is shaping up to be a battle of future SEC foes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
I don't even know if you need to get into the pipeline. You just need like a barrel of oil. Just give give me one guy uh, off of this Duncanville team that's stacked. We talked about this in the last recruiting pod. I think however many uh, big-time prospects, it was almost double-digit probably FBS guys. But Caden Durham, um, well, again, we can note him that now. He moved up in the on-three rankings. You can see there if you're watching on YouTube, he's now a top 100 guy on three, higher than uh, on him than any of the other services at the moment. Uh, number 11 running back, number 10 running back on the industry rankings. So a good collective feel that this is one of the best 10, 12 running backs out there. Puts him as a round of a top 100, 150 prospect and remains for me the only guy LSU is going after at running back in this class because at least hard at this moment because they know what's ahead in 2025. Tons of talent in state in Louisiana at running back. They've got a deep running back room right now. They just signed two running backs out of Louisiana that they're bringing to the roster this offseason. You've got the portal if you ever need it. For me, it's Caden Durham or Bust, and I'm completely okay with that. I'm not sure how what the weekend's visit truly did in terms of swinging things. I think if you really want to beat Oklahoma, it's going to be a family affair there, and that means an official visit weekend that goes very well, which hasn't happened yet. He hadn't scheduled one. Yeah, I, I agree, and and I think as he gets closer to – you know, if he is one of those prospects and he keeps things very close to the vest. I mean, I'll be going out to Duncanville once spring practice starts for them to to really sit down with him a little bit more. But one of those guys that hasn't publicly said anything about official visits yet. So could he be one that uh, as, you know, spring wraps up and programs come through Duncanville and he gets a better idea of, you know, LSU, Oklahoma, how bad they truly want him, which I think both programs do. Maybe he doesn't take it to the summer, but it's kind of an unknown with him. Uh, and and somewhat of the same respect, you can you can say that with Kadavian Dotson Walker, the the safety at Duncanville. He was back on campus for another visit. He's been in for games. He's uh, taken multiple visits to LSU before. Um, he's somebody that has taken a ton of visits this spring. I mean, he's been all over the place visiting programs, and he had an early prediction in. You know, a lot of these Duncanville guys did have early predictions in to land at LSU. This one is getting to be a little bit more of a battle, obviously, since then. He is one of the top safeties in the country. He's sitting as a four-star, um, non-on-300 guy, um, just outside of the, the top 247 for 24-7. Uh, but that makes him still one of the best prospects in the country and one of the best safeties LSU's after. You know, I think this is going to be an interesting question because they have a safety committed in Maurice Williams, who – is a four-star top 300 guy um, and has been solid with his commitment out of Texas. Then they've got two in-state guys into Sean McBride and Joel Rogers at safety. They just offered if they get both, you're at three safeties, if I'm not mistaken. And there are other safeties still on the board. Uh, and there's guys um, I'll touch on this more and some tidbits on the board this week. Um, some corners that they're recruiting as corners and safeties. So I don't think they would say no to Dotson Walker. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just more curious how this safety room really fills out because if you get the two in-state guys you've offered, that's three right there. And maybe they want to take more than that. Maybe they're at four, um, but stretching it beyond that would be a lot of safeties in a class, even if it's a big position of need. I agree. And, and you get into the, the thought that numbers usually work out. They work themselves out. Players go where they're, you know, kind of, meant to go in a sense. And and sometimes they always take care of themselves because LSU is in an, on a lot of safeties, like you mentioned. And um, you, you're going to look back on this recruiting class if it goes the way LSU wants it. 
And you're going to say, well, wish you could have gotten one more of the guys you were after. But if you come away with four really quality safeties, which if they hit on, you know, a group of on top of Maurice Williams, if they hit on a group of McBride, Joel Rogers, and then somebody else, that that's a really, really good haul. And yeah, you'd love to be able to take more. But in the end, it's going to all work out if it goes the right way. Yeah, and there's guys who we're seeing it now. There were safeties they signed that are playing corner, playing nickel, corners playing safety, you know, corners or safeties are having to play nickel, which we don't rank that position. So there is ways to kind of get around it and, uh, you know, shuffle guys with versatility into different spots. Um, I would bet they take four safeties. That's my guess. I, I, I agree. I think the the way they're recruiting that position – it backs that up. You know, they're not letting up on a lot of the top safeties on their board. Uh, they're wanting them to come back. It wouldn't shock me if we saw more more guys on the board come back uh, for the spring game. It wouldn't shock me if we saw more official visits. Kerry Cooks does a really nice job of blanketing his area when it comes to recruiting that position and getting them in good with, with a lot of safety prospects. We'll see if they can uh, obviously come away with the guys that they want. I will note, Shay, um, on the rundown, said Duncanville pair, but really this trio that was on campus uh, with DeCorey and Moore, the 2025 four-star elite wide receiver prospect, uh, he's somebody that enjoyed himself in Baton Rouge as well. And, you know, the Tigers are going to be swinging big there because he is uh, – I've seen him a couple times. He's just terrific. I already said I was not acknowledging any non-juniors on my junior day visitor uh, weekend <laughs> recap. Even though I did put one on there. Yeah, you're going to break that here in about two minutes. Uh, yeah, this kid's pretty good, huh? Have you seen him in person? Yes, real smooth. I, I think he's somebody that would be instant impact type player out of the slot. Uh, 5'11", 175. He's been clocking some of the top 100-meter times in the country as well. I think he runs on Duncanville's 4 by one team, which is uh, always one of the state's best as well. So he can really, really roll and – He's going to be somebody that I think LSU fans should get to know because he's going to be one of the top receivers on the board for the next really two years. Yeah, that'll make him tough to get out of Texas. I see SMU lurking over there. They've hosted him a couple of times, but you know they're 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 going to get him if he goes somewhere and then doesn't necessarily like it. <laughs> Bounce back. That's what the portal's all about. All right, so we're filing him away, Decorey and Moore for next year. Now, this is this is a prospect, Shay, that I, I think LSU made a move on. Uh, Waco Connolly, cornerback, Kobe Black. I, I do think he's going to be a tough land, but I, I think the way LSU set up his visit, he really felt the love in Baton Rouge. Again, a guy who's relatively quiet. I'm going to have to make a spring practice trip out there to uh, Waco, and uh, maybe I'll bump into some former LSU staffers uh, on, on the Baylor staff, but uh, Kobe Black uh, is a guy that I think really enjoyed himself. I think LSU is right in the mix now for an official visit, and I, I bet she schedules one and, and gets back. I think they're top three or four in his recruitment now. Okay, these are the kind of kids, and you'll see on his on through RPM, again, if you're watching on YouTube, we hit you with the live stuff updates there. Uh, Oklahoma State in the lead. I believe his brother plays at Oklahoma State, so that's going to be based off visits. He probably went to every game this past season. Uh, but you see A&M, Texas hanging around Baylor. He's a Waco kid. Out-of-state teams, LSU, Bama, I think Georgia. He recently talked up a number of like really high-profile SEC schools, the schools he had visited and was going to visit, LSU being one of them. I feel like, and maybe it's something you said in there too, but I'd already known this and thought this about the recruitment, but it furthered 
my belief in what I'm saying from last week, and this was right before Kobe Black got to campus, I talked to some people around the program and they felt like this was a guy, and again, the number three corner in the country on the on-three industry rankings, that they could go into Texas and not just battle the in-state teams for, but battle the Bamas and the Georgias because of what you said, Billy. He's a kid who's quiet, keeps to himself, isn't making it a big NIL, social media, any of that. It's just kind of a pretty straightforward approach to football and his recruitment. His dad played college at what? Where? At Kansas State, I believe. Oh, yeah, there you go. Right there. Dad was uh, roommates with Michael Bishop. Throwback there. Legendary uh, Kansas State quarterback. But dad played, brother plays. Families like that know what the process is like. They know how to weigh pros and cons of schools. And they know also if you have an NFL aspirations that Programs like LSU and BAM and others can obviously set you up for that. But LSU has been very good with DBs, um, you know, across really the past decade plus. So I will go for now as a maybe here. I think this is someone that like I can look at a lot of kids in Texas that they've offered. and I'll be like, they're never getting that kid. I don't necessarily think that about Kobe Black right now. I don't think they're leading, but I don't think they'll, they're out of it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go away in this recruitment. I think that's why this this visit this past weekend was big. You know, Robert Steeples is making him a huge priority. Um, when you look at the corners they're after, uh, you can make the case that Kobe Black is the number one target for the staff at the corner position. And, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, everything he does on the field, uh, basketball track, I mean, everything matches up with a bona fide five-star. I mean, he is a five-star on the on-three industry ranking, uh, could certainly finish one uh, for, for on three as well. But I, I think they did a really nice job laying things out. I think he has, like you said, that good understanding of what priorities need to be when making a decision. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to come to LSU for sure, but uh, they're right in the mix now for him. And and I think that's a good step for a kid who, you know, has taken visits. He's, he's made his way around and, I, I'm intrigued to see what his top five and official visit lineup is going to be because I bet you he takes kind of a loaded summer of trips and then makes a decision before his senior season. I, I think LSU is going to be one of those schools that gets an official, and I think that's all you can ask for right now. I love that uh, at the bottom of his uh, kind of breakdown on his on three profile on his personal life, I, he loves Doritos, uh, playing video games like Fortnite, and listening to NBA Youngboy. I feel like maybe that's just a stock thing they put in there for every 16 and 17-year-old, and then maybe they just don't even change it. Like That just sums up what I would imagine every kid in high school is doing with their free time. Maybe he's already positioning for a Doritos NIL deal, and, and he requested that specifically be put on his profile. That, well, that'd be smart. Now you're thinking ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, speaking of ahead of a, ahead of the game, LSU did host one of the top sophomore defensive backs in the country, uh, a rising junior. Uh, so you could you could say he is uh, a junior soon to be at least in Houston North Shore defensive back Devin Sanchez. He's top twenty five prospect on on three. He's a top. He's the number one player in Texas on the on three industry ranking. LSU got him to campus for the first time, and I think it's going to be the first of many trips. I think he comes back. This summer, wouldn't shock me if we saw him camp. Uh, he's got a ton going for him. Uh, one of the better just athletes at the position in his class. And uh, from what he told me, he really enjoyed himself again. So LSU is doing a really nice job on these visits. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Uh, yeah, I like to see him get involved with uh, Elite DBs too, which they're kind of on a run of here. Uh, I will note Devin Sanchez is the number three, number 23 overall prospect in next year's class on uh, on three, which would put him in five-star range and number two player in Texas, which is rarefied air. You're a very, very, very excellent football recruit, you know, if you're even in the top five in Texas, let alone debuting as number two. But he's ranked as the number three corner. Jabori Antoine over at Westgate in Louisiana and New Iberia is ranked as the number two corner. I get this. I mean, Sanchez, I got the drift and we can look beyond Antoine for a moment is the top corner on their wish list, you know, outside of Louisiana. So yes, I agree with you. This is a name we will continue to hear a good bit about, and they have a North shore corner on their team right now, if that helps at all. Yeah. Denver Harris. Yeah. Denver Harris, uh, obviously one of the, the top prospects to ever come through North shore, which is saying something, uh, Devin Sanchez seems to be poised to be that next guy up. Uh, it's going to be a battle for him, no question, a guy that highly ranked. But LSU trying to get that Houston pipeline reestablished, uh, you know, a big area for uh, the school overall. And Devin Sanchez would be a huge piece to that uh, going forward. So uh, with that, uh, we do have a new commitment date uh, to monitor, and that is Charleston Collins, the uh, four-star defensive lineman uh, who announced that he's going to be making his decision this week. Hey, this is bad timing for LSU. They don't have a defensive line coach. Uh, he's fresh off of uh, a visit to Arkansas, and he announced his uh, – LSU is a finalist, Auburn, Georgia. A couple others are in there, but he's going to be committing on Friday. So this is one where we've had our picks in on LSU. He's been a guy that has been linked to LSU multiple times. He's made plenty of visits. But this is just not good timing for LSU. This this seems like one that's going to go the Hogs' way. Yeah, it's an Arkansas kid too, and his teammates announcing the same day, and he's got a heavy presence on Arkansas in terms of the on three RPM. Uh, here's the simplest way to break this one down: We were banking Arkansas may may well have led the whole time, Billy, but we were banking that Jamar Kane had done a really good job of keeping Charleston Collins around campus, getting to know his family, and. Charleston said nothing but great things about LSU. He visited LSU as much as he did Arkansas almost and was down for games, summer camp, uh, junior day visits, whatever it might be, he was there. So you felt like, man, year one, that first year of recruiting Charleston Collins, they did great. How can they close it from there? Right at that time that you're hitting that full year, Jamar Kane leaves. And now you've got a month plus window here where they have not had a D-line coach. Now, I'm not going to doubt Brian Kelly. Your program's not going to fall apart if you don't have a D-line coach for a month to recruit. It's I get it. Hire the right guy. Everything else will fall into line. You may get, the hope is it pays off and you get a lot of big D-line uh, guys in your class because of a good defensive line hire. But smart by Arkansas here because they knew, hey, LSU probably is the biggest threat here. Let's go all in right now. They don't have a D-line coach. Let's get it done this spring. And that appears to be what they're doing. Yeah, and it it's one of those that you can't get too upset about in a sense if you're an LSU fan. The timing just doesn't work out, um, and, and now he's going to make this decision. And 
I mean, I'm really high on Charleston Collins. He's a great kid. Um, top 150, top 125 overall prospect on on three. He's gone everywhere and competed. He does seven on seven. He's gone to uh, earn the MVP at uh, the Under Armour Dallas camp on the defensive line. He earned his offer at LSU uh, when Jamar Cain was there and 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 battled and and it was pretty clear cut. He was one of the best players to come through LSU's camp last summer. But this is just going to be a guy that you're going to have to try to swing away on once you get a new defensive line coach. He's nearby. He's in your region. Obviously, he's an in-state player for Arkansas, but you know you can't give up. Uh, and and maybe LSU gets him back on campus once they get this new D-line D coach hired. Yeah, we'll see if that doesn't uh, come to fruition. But um, it will. I think it will be tough because he's an in-state kid, as you noted. Once an in-state kid commits to an in-state program, especially like a Texas kid committing to an in-state program doesn't hold as much weight to me as a Louisiana kid committing to LSU, an Arkansas kid committing to Arkansas, because that is the only option in the state. Uh, and then that's where that sort of like state pride of everyone staying home to play for the Tigers or Razorbacks kind of kicks in. So makes it a little bit more tough. Yep. And for LSU fans now, uh, a new thing to monitor. The transfer portal window did open on Saturday. It runs until April 30th. And LSU did have a player enter the portal, but it was one that was expected. No other Tigers have entered the portal just yet as of the recording of this podcast. Michael Doherty, the 2023 signee who enrolled early, left the team pretty quickly, uh, did formally enter his name in the portal. So we're 72 hours or so into the portal window. And uh, right now, LSU is, uh, you know, sitting pretty in a sense. Yeah, I think last time I had them at in the spring, okay, this would be at least for the uh, the window that occurred, the 45-day window in December and January, which we're in two portal windows nowadays. The first portal window, which is the very active one, then this one after spring ball, or at least towards the end of most people's spring balls, uh, spring practices, um, that will be a, not as heavy in terms of guys going in. LSU had 17 guys enter the portal in the first window. Right now, they've only had one, and Doherty announced he was entering in February and hasn't even been with the team since then. So this is a win for LSU, and really the guys who were like Nussmeyer, I think people are going to be monitoring. I don't think Nussmeyer is going anywhere. We were really watching the veteran offensive linemen who weren't starters last year, and the one name was Marlon Martinez, who I knew that every backup, like the second team on the line last year, everyone transferred out except Marlon Martinez. And I met with Marlon Martinez when we were with media after practice on Saturday. So this was like, you know, the day the portal opened. And I asked him if he planned to enter or what his thought was. And he said that in the offseason he did, but he pointed out every O-lineman he signed with at LSU hit the portal. So he was like, I am the last one. And I wanted to prove to myself that I could stay, that I could compete. He's getting first team reps all spring with Charles Turner out. He said, look, Charles Turner is one of my best friends, but I want to win this job. If it's not this, I want to win a job as a guard, maybe. Um, he's versatile, but O-line, they're going to play more than five O-linemen. Guys get hurt. Guys don't play well. Whatever it might be, uh, Marlon Martinez will play a good bit of football for him this year, if not be a full-time starter. So I think at this point, for if you're LSU right now, you're happy because it's more good news than any negative. You've got guys who are staying. Yeah, and that's what you want. And and who knows? There's This is just that crazy time of year. There's surprises around the country, in a sense, uh, that 
uh, enter. We saw Georgia defensive lineman Barry Alexander, who played in the national championship game, you know, really impressed. He highly touted recruit. He enters the portal. It, it happens. But um, right now, I think with where Brian Kelly has the program, you, you got to feel good about where things stand with this roster and, and the guys sticking around. I mean, there was a window earlier, uh, you know, around January that numerous guys could have jumped in, but I don't think spring ball is going to change too much for anybody still on the roster. Especially if they weren't, if they weren't not hurt or if they were healthy because you were starting all spring or you were in the second team because they didn't have enough players to fill out. Like the spring game, I think is just offense versus defense for a little while. They can't even fill out two teams right now with all the guys they've got sidelined or waiting to get to campus or whatever it might be. So yeah, I don't, unless like there was no big wave of guys, obviously the only, only one person entered and we knew he was entering. He's not even on the team anymore. And Michael Doherty, but there wasn't like, it's been 48 hours now. There hasn't been some big wave of kids who are like, I was just waiting for the window to open. I'm in and I'm leaving. They, we also aren't done with spring ball. So I don't know if maybe there is a kid or two out there on the team who's like, Hey, I'm just going to get through spring ball. Then I'm going to enter my name. Um, but it is only a 14 day window. So they'll only have about a week after spring ball ends to make their decision. If there's anyone, I don't think it'll be anyone of real note. I think they're done in terms of the portal departures. I think we'll see if they add any more, if there's any talent in there to add, but done with the departures, at least of note for me. Yeah, most likely. I mean, I may be a surprise, but I haven't heard anything to to really feel that way that just yet that it's going to happen. So um, we'll continue to monitor it on TheBengalTiger.com. And be sure to subscribe to TheBengalTiger.com. Keep hitting that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Over 3,500 of you guys now subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're going to have a spring game special. So be on the lookout to subscribe to TheBengalTiger.com when that special comes out as well. You can also get your free Founders Club hat when you subscribe as well. So be on the lookout for that. Lots and lots of recruiting news uh, as spring wraps up and we start to look toward uh, that summer of uh, official visitors rolling in. It'll it'll stack up pretty quickly um, before we know it. So, Shay, one of my favorite days, but a pretty quiet one, uh, was Monday. Rankings were updated on, on 3. The new on 300 was out. Um, some high school uh, moves made uh, with track season seven on seven, some camps, um, some big risers uh, in there as well, um, including a pair of Louisiana prospects jumping back in. We talked about them earlier, Deshaun McBride and uh, Tylen Singleton jumping into uh, and up the on 300. Um, this is a group in Louisiana that I think we have pretty well ranked right now I, I could you know make the case and have before that Tylen Singleton should be up there higher I think Collage Cobbins should be an on 300 guy uh, but overall uh, this is this was a pretty good day for LSU fans and and specifically in Louisiana uh, with the guys that uh, landed in the latest round of uh, on 300 rankings uh, yeah and I'll put some perspective to this uh, Louisiana right now has six guys in the top 300 and that's not a lot, but we're also not anywhere close to being done with the evaluation process. Guys still have the rest of spring, summer camps, uh, senior seasons. So a lot, there's a lot of time for other guys to emerge for me into the top group. I don't think anyone's going to be really dropping out of that top 300. So my prediction as we stand right now, I think they'll be, give me 10. 
I think there'll be 10 Louisiana guys. I think they'll hit that magic double digit number in the on three top one, uh, top 300. Now, right now, or I should say a year ago, Billy, they had a top five class and only six of the guys again from Louisiana were in the top 300 on, on three. So you can be on this pace right now with Louisiana having a lower number than you would expect uh, in that group. But I think it grows if they do a good job locking up Louisiana. I think that's what pushes them towards uh, a higher position than they are ranked right now, which I believe is 11 nationally. You obviously would really like to be in the top 10, preferably top five. They did that in Brian Kelly's first year. Um, I also think, I don't think you have the link pulled up, Billy, but I'll just say uh, what it is. Um, if you go on on three now to the NFL draft by stars, and then it breaks down five stars who got drafted, four stars, three stars, and guys from different states. And in the past five NFL drafts, the draft to talent ratio in Louisiana is not only number one in the country, it's way out in front of being number one. 56 guys drafted. Unbelievable number for a state that we know has talent and continues to, let's see, Billy, click the, uh, the go to the draft thing, uh, top right. Um, yeah, there, go, uh, maybe the draft by stars right there. There you go. Um, okay, now click that draft talent ratio percentage. Or if you're on YouTube, you're paying attention here. All right, there you go. So these are the past five drafts, and you see Louisiana well, well, well in front. You might even have the past three drafts. I don't know if you scroll to the top and look, but it really doesn't matter. Um, it's all the same. Louisiana is firmly out in front. So drives home my point. Recruit Louisiana. Evaluate Louisiana. I think by the end of this, the on three top 300, there'll be nine or 10 guys in that top 300. Get all of those guys committed because while they only landed six of the top 300 last year, it was well into double digits. They just didn't get Arch Manning or Eli Holstein or Tackett Curtis or Jaden Osbury or Derek Williams because it was year one and they were behind on those guys. You don't have that excuse this year and, and not excuse. You don't have to face that reality this year. And because of that, I think that LSU should be able to hit double digit commitments from Louisiana. A number of those guys will be highly ranked and if you're doing it right, your evaluations on the high three stars pay off for you. Foster Moreau, Lloyd Cushenberry, Russell Gage. There's been plenty of guys um, who have kind of been non-top 300, high three stars, you know, low four stars that end up being really key pieces. And it's because you evaluated Louisiana correctly. That draft to talent ratio tells me everything I need to know. Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, the top five teams. Toss in Texas, that's all else you need to be recruiting in my mind. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, completely agree. And shout out Foster Moreau. And uh, he announced that uh, he got good news on, on his cancer diagnosis. And it sounds like they're going to be able to get it all. Uh, so he should be back on the NFL field at some point, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. But uh, saw that good news on Twitter over the weekend uh, on Foster, a guy who you know went on to have a terrific LSU career. One of the good guys and fun guys to, inter to interview and 
uh, hopefully we can have them on. Maybe we'll do like a, like a, you know, more, uh, low key, uh, podcast, maybe have a beer with him or something somewhere. Um, because he is uh, a lot of fun, but anyway, uh, I agree with you, Louisiana. I, I think, and we were asked this on the message board today. Do we see more commitments coming in the on 300? And, and I say, yes. I mean, you look at the group that is the top players in Louisiana and the on three RPM sitting pretty for LSU for the top, uh, six guys in the state. Um, obviously, Jawan Johnson, who just dropped out of the on 300s, committed to Colorado. He's the state's seventh ranked prospect. But uh, if you look at this top six, I would feel good, like really solid about the about Wardell Mack, about Tradez Green, Joel Rogers, Deshaun McBride, and uh, that that middle four of the six. I, I think LSU's firmly in the lead on those guys. Yeah, and the number one player, Dominic McKinley, is going to be recruited by everybody. Bama's all over him. Uh, A&M's in the mix. LSU's obviously recruiting him heavily. And look, it could be one of those things where it get gets back to the norm. And a kid from the Lafayette area doesn't leave the state and just goes to LSU, like most kids from the Lafayette, Lafayette area have over the past couple of decades of, of LSU being successful in football and kids staying home. So We'll see. It's a big position of need. Obviously, D-line can really change the game for you. He's a five-star on the on-three industry rankings. And down at six, like you said, Talon Singleton, there'll be other guys that move around. I, They're in such a better position this year to sweep that top 10 than they were, or, you know, clean up in the top 10 than they were a year ago in Louisiana. And everyone I had mentioned previously, I think, was in that top 10 that they didn't get left the States. So I like where they're at. Yeah, I you do. Want to, you want to see these guys commit, but I like where they're at. Yeah, I do too. I, and Dominic McKinley and Juwan Johnson were both on campus last week, so um, LSU is getting them uh, back to Baton Rouge and and over there for uh, some more time with the staff, which is important. You know, during spring ball, they all these guys that we're talking about in the on three hundred for Louisiana and Louisiana prospects as well. They're just a short drive for the most part uh, to Baton Rouge, so it's good to see the staff getting them on campus. Shay, LSU does have one commit of their 12 in the on three top 100. We kind of talked about that uh, in a sense of LSU being able to make a move with more on 300 prospects. We mentioned the guys from Louisiana. There are some highly touted guys out there that LSU is after. We talked about the Caden Durham, the, you know, Kadavian Dodds Walker, Kobe Black, guys like that, that they're in it for. Who are some of the guys that are in the on 300 that you think LSU can make a splash for. Okay, don't click off anything. Look at that page right there in front of you. <laughs> That's the key. Because a year ago, when they finished with the top five class, they had 13 players from the on three top 300 sign with LSU. So 13 of the 25, about half the class was in the on three top 300. Ultimately 24, Michael Doherty in your supporter before he ever really does anything. So half the class is top 300 members. Right now, what do they have, Billy? 11, 12 commits? And they have 12 commits. 12. They have one. That's Maurice Williams. He's an out of state kid. Am I pressing the panic button? No. And here's why. Of the current commits, I won't be surprised if a couple of the out of state kids don't sign with them. And that won't be the end of the world if one or two of them don't. And I think that will be because they end up replacing them with maybe better players. They've also done well to already clean up the back end. And what I mean by that of in Louisiana, like they got a kicker out of Louisiana and Aaron Burrell. They got Ahmad Bro who was on 
uh, one of the best defenses in the state up at Ruston, uh, committed. He's a high three star. Uh, they've got, gosh, who am I missing here? What other Kyrie Lee, you know, an offensive lineman, one of the better offensive linemen in the state already committed. Wallace Foster, one of the better DBs coming out of South Louisiana is already committed. You just want to be able to finish with that top group. And, and I like to make it simple because I just like to stick to the math here. If 13 top 300 guys a year ago could get you a top five class and only six of them were from Louisiana, that group right there that you're looking at on the screen can make up that six. There'll be more than that. I, like I said, I think they'll get 10 guys from Louisiana who are probably in that top 300. That takes off a good amount of pressure, Billy, for me of going out of state to carry the bulk of your class. And then you can go out of state to hit on the Deshaun Womack, hit on the Harold Perkins, hit on the, you know, really elite wit weeks, you know, top 100, top 150 type range guys. My issue right now is this, Billy. Colin Simmons, and I'm looking down the on three top 300 right now. I did it before we started. And the on, th and look, these rankings are not the end all be all, and it's not what it'll look like at the end. But rankings do matter to an extent, too. They can tell you how much talent you're really bringing in. If I'm looking at the entire top 300 and taking those Louisiana guys out, there are only one, two, three guys in the country. Colin, and two of them go to the same school. Colin Simmons, uh, an edge, uh, obviously, five-star out of Duncanville. His teammate, a running back, Caden Durham, a top 100 player we've, we've talked about a few times already on the pod. And then Draylon Miller, a guy that they're going to have to beat out A&M for, uh, but a wide receiver, a top 30 wide receiver. Those are the only three guys from out of state in the on three, top 300, where LSU is in the top two on the on three RPM. Does that mean everything? No, not at all. What it tells me, though, is they're going to have to either, they're going to have to battle out of state if they really want to hit on elite guys or some of these evals that they're doing now. I point to Whit Weeks a year ago. They better be very solid evals because then when you look up a year later, oh, wait, you were on that kid before his senior year when he really blew up and became a top 100 player and one of the best linebackers in America. It's because you did your homework and you did your evals. I trust that they can do solid evals here. I'm just very curious how it plays out because I love how it's setting up in-state. I'm not sure how it's setting up out-of-state. Yeah, I, I think for me, I'm, I'm right there with you. And and one thing and a good reason to subscribe to BengalTiger.com, we give the context behind things, right? You look at that list and you say, all right, LSU not leading on the RPM for a majority of those guys in the on 300 out of state. But a guy that I want to circle, and you mentioned Draylon Miller, who's out of uh, Silsby, Texas, but a guy right down the road, Weston Davis, you know, from Beaumont United. You look at that on three RPM right now, and it's factoring in an Alabama official visit set for this summer. Well, just kind of pull you behind the curtain a little bit. LSU is one of those schools that's going to ultimately get an official visit. Texas A&M, same story with them. I think right now, looking at it, it's an LSU A&M battle with Bama right there too. So the on three RPM as visits get set, and this is that critical period of time where you see visits get set for the summer, it'll start to fluctuate. And a guy like Weston Davis, who LSU was on early, we've talked about him before, top 25 prospect on on three, number three offensive tackle in the country. He would be a terrific land and a guy that maybe the on three RPM doesn't necessarily tell the story as much as where the recruitment maybe really stands in a sense. When I look at, if I need, Again, let me play the numbers here. If I need them to go hit on 
five or six high profile out of state guys, seven that are ranked high, that are very, you know, highly regarded and come in and really give you something. And it's not a project. I will bank on Brad Davis brings you a lot there because he's already proven it. He's gone outside the state in multiple classes and reeled in very elite prospects uh, while also locking down Louisiana. So I won't count Brad. I think this is a great, like guys like this are good examples because I think Brad Davis can eval well. He closes well. He got DJ Chester a year ago. That's one spot where I feel like they can start to make a little bit of splash at. Yeah. And, and I think it's a prime example of a guy that, if you're LSU and you're recruiting at a, at an elite level and especially kind of looking out of state and the way LSU has prioritized states like Georgia, states like Texas, um, you know, you look at C.J. Jackson out of Tucker, for example, a top 100 prospect on on three uh, at a position of need at edge. Those are the types of guys that you'd like to see them land here and there while supplemented by doing extremely well in Louisiana. Weston Davis would be an example of that. Draylon Miller, um, you know, you mentioned the Duncanville kids, any of those guys, those would be good examples of what you want to see out of LSU. Obviously it can be tough to sometimes go into Texas and in certain areas and certain schools and land and, and pull some of those guys out of there, but that's where you want to see it sprinkled in when there is a Louisiana base of the class. that's going to, again, like you said, kind of take some of that pressure off. Yeah, hundred percent. I um, the, it was. I don't know if we bled into that one right there, but the last question on the rundown is: which position did we think LSU can make a splash at with some highly ranked guys? I think if I'm just looking at that list that we just talked through for the past forty-seven minutes of guys, it's DB. I think that is the spot where you look at Kobe Black was just on campus. He's a five-star level corner. Uh, but then you've got already a top 200 safety committed and guys like Wardell Mack, a five-star range corner out of Louisiana right now, Joel Rogers and Deshaun McBride, who could make up potentially half your safety class uh, as top 200 players, four stars. Um, and there are a number of others out there at corner and safety. So I will go DB because I just think two safeties are real position of need. And the more I talk about that, the more I think they should probably take four guys and corners a real position of need. And yes, they got a big DB class last year. Yes, some of those guys can play corner, but they're also going now in Brian Kelly's first year and second year of probably starting all transfers at corner. And they had to do it in year one. I said it then, it was a multi-year rebuild. You had to do it again in year two. You do not want to continue that theme. So maybe look, Toviano and Jeremiah Hughes and Stamps and all these guys they signed last class, like they may all hit. They may be very good. I'd feel a lot better about it if you did that twice in a row because then I have a lot more options of guys who ultimately can hit. I want them to take another big DB class. I'd like it to be evenly split between corners and safeties. And I also think it's one that sets up to where they actually can get some highly ranked guys. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and and the, the only other position that I think LSU – you know, could end up coming away with a really solid haul, probably offensive line or wide receiver. I mean, I, I think just betting on, you know, Brad Davis, what he's been able to do, and also Cortez Hankton. You know, he's got some good chops on the recruiting front too now after, you know, reeling in a Jalen Brown and holding off a Texas for Kyle Parker. I mean, he's done a nice job too. So I, I kind of, and I think a lot of people on the board that follow me will, you know, see that I, 
pay attention to the position coaches and the job they're doing. And I think at those positions, LSU's in especially good hands uh, just from what we've seen out of them, you know, and and winning some, you know, hot, highly contested recruiting battles, um, especially, you know, pulling a JV and Tobiano. Um, we mentioned Jalen Brown, Kyle Parker. Um, you mentioned Brad Davis and what he did with G DJ Chester and holding off Auburn, beating out Michigan for Paul Mabenga, guys like that. Um, you know, that are national. Those those are position coaches that I feel like are trending up uh, in regards to being, you know, top recruiters in the SEC. Um, they've shown it last year. You know, you want to see that continue. And so I overall, though, I agree with you. I think the secondary is a group that is poised to really see a, another influx of talent. You want to know right now, we get a look at the whole board, you know what the coaches have done. Um, and then we could even put odds on everyone of like, uh, you know, what's the odds on favorite finishes the best position hall of the group you know it would be the best value buy of every group right now tight end oh maybe d-line if they go out and hire oh, a line coach that suddenly just brings in like yeah two or three like high level dudes that he was already recruiting somewhere else if he is a college coach like that could sway it right now they don't even have a d-line coach you lose charles you know not that you had charleston collins but a guy comes off the board probably to arkansas here soon you got a big five-star in-state. You've been hosting a lot of D-linemen. I don't know. I feel like that's one right now that we're not paying attention to. But, boy, if the hire's right, they can make a splash there. Yeah, and and I think when you're looking at futures, that's a great point. But also, and this was discussed in the Charleston Collins thread on our board, you know, there is, like, concern because you see a guy like Charleston Collins come off the board and you don't have a defensive line coach and things like that. But you also don't know who your defensive line coach is going to be, at least us publicly, if Brian Kelly does have his guy. If it's a splash hire, if it's a really good assistant coach, doesn't matter. He's been recruiting guys that are highly touted. He's been in on top you know, recruits. That's what matters. And it's, it's true. You know, that, that those position coaches are really, for the most part, the ones that their reputation – you know, precedes themselves. And if they knock this hire out of the park, there's going to be a lot of people that, you know, probably should have just taken a big, deep breath uh, about this hire, but we don't know. And we'll kind of assess it once the hire comes. That's why we get paid uh, a little bit of money to, to do this is, you know, share with you guys when this hire is made. All right, here's some of the top guys he was after here. Here's the odds that they could get in on so-and-so or X recruit and, start assembling some official visits and, and getting guys on campus. And Brian Kelly made it clear what his, I had asked him the question uh, about the D line coach and sort of how do you, what are you weighing when you look at it? He said someone with experience recruiting in the sec experience developing in the sec and has put guys in the league. Like you've eliminated a lot of applicants already because that takes experience and, you know, skins on the wall. And Kelly even said that, okay, you've recruited guys. How did you develop them? And then where are they now in the NFL? And I just got the sense that he had a good feeling that they were going to be making a big hire at the position once spring ball got done. Um, and look, I am by wrapping this up, I'll back up what you said and what we've been saying in that thread. Any in April, 10 months from signing day, or I guess like seven months, eight months from December, any D line, any position hire. And the time it takes to do that, if it's a month, outweighs any one recruit and what he wants to do in that span of time. And if they can get out of the month and a half or month plus without a D-line coach and only Charleston Collins comes off the board, 
I'm good with that. And I know you're thinking, well, they lost track, you know, momentum with all these other guys. Well, you've got everyone else on staff still talking to them and recruiting them and telling them, hey, look, Brian Kelly says, look, we've we've got a D-line coach hire coming. Have some patience. You'll meet him. You'll get to know him. So, yes, you lose that Jamar Cain year plus of recruiting guys, but you hope you can get a spark out of it. And if it is a college guy, that he comes with some guys that he's been recruiting, which was what Jamar Cain did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw that Jackson Howard, Deshaun Womack, guys like that. Um, I'll note that Dominic McKinley was on campus, no D-line coach hired. Terrence Hibbler, a guy who, uh, you know, I think LSU is going to get an official visit from, you know, potentially. He's out of Mississippi. Obviously, it'll he's going to be a tough land coming from Mississippi, but he's a guy that told me straight up, he said, look, LSU is still very much involved. I talk to those guys all the time. So people are picking up the slack. We'll continue to wait it out and see who LSU brings in as that defensive line coach, and we'll be here to react to it. So subscribe to the Bengal Tiger YouTube channel as well as the BengalTiger.com. Get your free Founders Club hat and look for that spring game special to subscribe. Get yourself a deal to jump on board the Bengal Tiger for the rest of the summer. So with that, for Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Ambody. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Bengal Tiger podcast. We'll catch you next time. This was kind of recruiting heavy, but we're going to do it again later this week as another round of recruits will hit campus for the spring game. So catch us then. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.